Hello and welcome to a Nerdy Book Club podcast. My name is Polly and this week we're going to be talking about these vengeful hearts. As always, this podcast is marked explicit, meaning I sometimes swear or talk about sensitive subjects. Be sure to check the show notes for any content warnings. Also, be sure to check us out on social media. The best way to do that is to go to our website, cauldroncakesandwine.com, and we have all of our social media linked there. I also have a page for each series that I've read a book from. So like there's a page for The Hunger Games, there's a page for Harry Potter, there's a a page for Akatar. And on those pages, you will find all of the episodes on that specific Um, book series and you'll find a playlist that I've made that's themed to that book series and two mixed drinks so go and check that out I've spent a lot of time on it and I actually think it's really cool and one last little thing of housekeeping there will be spoilers in this episode for these vengeful hearts this is not a spoiler free review of the book so if you haven't read it and it's something you don't want to have spoiled for you maybe pause come back to this later But if you're just here because you want to hear a cool review of the books, that's okay. Stay with me. (laughs) I am so excited because I bought this new mic stand for my podcasting microphone. The one that came with the Blue Yeti, it was pretty good for a while, but um, basically one of the screws on the side, it must have been like stripped or something because it just kept popping out and you need the mic stand because the cord plugs into the bottom. So it's not like you just like prop the mic up. Like if you didn't have to plug it into the bottom, you could literally probably prop this mic up and just sit it on the table because it's so big that that would work, but you can't because of that the issue of it plugging into the bottom. I mean, it's just better to have a mic stand no matter what, because, you know, you don't want it to have like knock over or something. Um, But I was just like, maybe I can get away with it for just a little bit to not have to buy a new stand for it by just propping it up, but I couldn't. So I just, I was like, fine, I guess I have to buy one. Um, So I ended up getting one that it screws into the bottom um, and it's so much better than what it was. I really thought about getting an arm for it, but I had one of those for my old mic. And the thing is, is like you have to mount it to the table with this like thing that screws onto the table. And most of my tables are rather thick because they're like industrial style. So they have like dark wood on top and then there's like black bits underneath it so it's actually like double I'm not explaining it very well but you know those like industrial tables that have like the square bottoms like that's what my tables look like um all of my end tables my desk is similar um and so it would be almost impossible to mount it to the table and the only table that it would work on is my dining room table and I only record there when I'm recording with other people and I want just want the option to record wherever I want so having like a stand that just sits the mic onto a table was better for me you can get the like full setup where like it you know it's got like um a full mic stand but those were more expensive and this was pretty cheap so I was like you know what I'm just gonna get this and it's perfect for what I personally need uh yeah something to know about me though is that I like hate fiddly little things so like that screw not working or even the like trying to mount things to the table with those screw things they drive me insane I can't handle it so this is perfect for me yay So, like I said, we are going to be talking about These Vengeful Hearts today. This book was a used bookstore find. 
This year, my goal was to be more aware of the books that I was buying and to buy more books used and from independent bookstores. So this book is a little bit of a success story in terms of that. I found it at the used bookstore and I thought the cover looked really cool. So I read the synopsis and then I read a bunch of reviews while I was like standing there in the bookstore. And I decided that this book seemed like it was worth buying and it was something that I would really like. And I did really like it. So... It's really exciting. I'm really excited to talk about it. Let's get started. Our main character is Ember Williams, September Williams, but everybody calls her Ember or M. A girl's car at her school gets vandalized with blood that says liar, and we learn that the red court might be behind this. Ember is very interested in the mystery of the Red Court and wants in. The first chapter ends with Ember getting a Queen of Hearts card in her locker, which is the calling card of the Red Court. This book is rather young. That's not a bad thing. I think this book would be a good book for a kid switching from middle grade to YA. If you don't know the categories of like books are middle grade, young adult, new adult, and then adult. So basically middle grade is, you know, the kids who are in like middle school will read that. YA is probably like 13 up to like 18. And then new adult is um, 18 and into the 20s. And then adult is like anything that's a little bit more mature in theme, like having graphic sexual assault or graphic violence. I will say, though, that new adult is not a category that most bookstores have, which is a shame because then you end up with some weird things. Like I saw the Akatar books in a YA section at a bookstore recently, and those books are 100% not YA. But in terms of this specific book, if you are looking for a, you know, a YA book that's a little bit more on the mature end of the spectrum. Like I'm thinking, you know, like the Hunger Games, right? Like that's a more mature YA book. This book probably wouldn't be for you. This is something that's a little bit younger. And that's not an insult to the book. I think too often adult readers will read YA and they'll get a little bit like, oh, I don't know. This is not very good. It's immature. It feels too young. And it's like, then go read something that's new adult or go and read something that's an adult book. You know, you can't get mad at a book for being immature and young when it's targeted at young people. It's not, you're not the target demographic, you know? And I think as an adult reader, like I can still sometimes read things that are in this like YA category that feel young and I'm fine with that. It doesn't bother me. Um, I could not read something that's middle grade though. Ember has a best friend named Gideon. She tells him about getting invited into the red court and that she wants to join, which he is shocked about. Ember tells him that the reason why she wants to join is to take them down from the inside. And I think that this was a really cool concept right away from the very beginning. I really liked the concept of this book. M meets a girl who is a part of the group and her name is Haley. And she learns that um, she's going to be getting jobs through Haley basically like hits on people. All communication comes through the playing cards and each card has a code that means a different thing. If you want to submit a request, you have to do it in this like one specific locker at school. And I thought that this was such a cool concept. I think that um, it gives me really like pretty little liar vibes. 
for her invitation into the group, she has to pretend to be a damsel in distress so that this one guy named Chase will put his arm around with her and they can get a picture of it and that it will break him and his girlfriend up. It works and she's given a burner phone so that she can contact the girls to, um, I guess, so they can tell her like what to do. There is only two numbers in it. One is Haley's and the other is one that's called the fire alarm. And if you get into trouble, you can call that number and they'll bail you out, but they will only do it once. That is it. You can only do it once. After that, you're on your own. Obviously, there are some silly parts to this book, like how these teenagers get these burner phones and how, like, how do you have enough money and how are you like taking out enough phone plans? Um, you know, it's just, that's a little bit silly, but you have to sort of suspend your disbelief and just like push those silly things aside and just kind of be like, this is just a fun, a fun teen book. We don't have to think that hard into how and why all of these things work or don't work. You know, it's like when you're like watching or reading I never read Gossip Girl, but when you're when you're watching Gossip Girl, the logistics behind all of it make absolutely no sense, but whatever, who honestly cares? <laughs> and I think that that's why with that show, they should have never revealed who Gossip Girl was because then it just ruined like it ruins rewatches when you go back and you're like there's a million plot holes to this now. Should have just left it completely ambiguous and then we never would have cared whatever. That's a different, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> M's sister April was in an accident that was caused by the Red Court, which is why she wants to get revenge on the group. Basically, there was a whole situation where April ended up getting paralyzed from the waist down. And that's pretty dark. It, see, this is why it reminds me kind of, of Pretty Little Liars, because uh, the girls do something that ends up blinding another girl, right? So most of it feels like this, like, really low stakes, like, silly things, like, meddling in people's lives. And then there's, like, this one really big thing that's, like, holy fuck, that's really bad. I can't believe you did that. Like, someone did that to this girl. That's horrible. We're going to talk more about this later because there is a reveal later. It, but at this point in the book, this is what we think happened. M tells her sister about getting into the Red Court. She is working with Haley, the girl from the Red Court, to make another student become the homecoming queen. M goes to Haley's house to work on an assignment for the Red Court. Haley's mom and stepdad come home, and he implies that the two of them are on a date and is rather rude. There's this cringe moment where Ember's inner monologue. <laughs> It thinks that Haley's mom should GTFO. And I was like, that is so fucking cringe. Oh my god. I like physically cringed when that happened. I know I said all this shit about like having to let certain things go because it's a YA and like it's a younger um, end of the YA spectrum, but like I couldn't let that go. It just, I cringed way too hard. I mean, teens don't even talk like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they go to Haley's room and work on filling out a fake ballot for the homecoming queen. Ember learns that the Red Court doesn't ask for favors like the other people can. They get one big favor at the end of their time in high school that the Red Queen approves, 
but she has never turned anyone down for their really big approval. There's a boy named Chase um, who is the love interest. He is interested in M and she's interested in him back, but Haley has told M that she needs to stay away from him. This is the boy who initially she had the picture taken with. So clearly somebody has it out for anybody who is with Chase. Haley and Ember are going to sneak into the school to ensure that the ballots are correct for the homecoming job. There's a moment when they are at the school on the computer and the, it mentions the spinning wheel of death. Oh my gosh, I haven't thought about that in so long. I never noticed that they got rid of it on the Mac. Like I have a Mac computer, that's what I'm using right now, a MacBook Air, and I never see it anymore. I can't believe they got rid of that. That was so iconic. Oh, just like the legitimate panic and fear you felt when your computer did that. Like you knew you were in trouble. You're like, I'm about to lose everything I just worked on that is unsaved. I am fucked. <laughs> like sometimes you would have to like fully reboot your computer. Oh, what a what a wild trip down memory lane that was. M gets caught while in the school and she pulls her phone out and decides to use the fire alarm. She leaves the school and Haley takes her to the spot where they kind of just sit and they're talking and Haley tells M that the reason she wants to join the Red Corps is because she wants her favor to be that she gets a scholarship for an art university and I guess one of the other girls has an in with someone who works in that office so they might be able to help her out with it. So far, I liked all of the characters that I'd met. I really liked Gideon as her best friend. I think that his character has a lot of potential. I liked Haley as well. She had a lot of like depth to her character. Em is an interesting character to be the protagonist. She is very ambitious. She's involved in a lot of extracurricular activities and she's very much a people pleaser and involved in so many things around the school, but she doesn't seem to have a lot of friends until she starts getting involved in the Red Court. That seems to open up her friend group. She gets a card that says she can make a request. This is a special thing that is given to her because of the previous job that she did and that it has to be done by Monday. So Em thinks that she's going to know exactly who the Red Queen is because she kind of thinks that the Red Queen's going to pick up the card from the locker. But I was like, I don't, she's not going to be the one who goes and does this. She's obviously going to get someone else to do it. Anyway, so they have this carnival at the school and Em has to do another small task and Chase helps her. She's clearly interested in him. She keeps blushing and talking about how her heart is stuttering around him. So she kisses him on the cheek. And I was like, this is going to get so messy for Em if she keeps having him come around. And we know that he is going to keep coming around. So I was like, mm, girl, shit's about to get messy, messy, messy for you. While Emma's doing the task, she sees Haley talking to a girl who she can't tell who it is, so she thinks that it must be the Queen of Hearts. I think that this book would be a really good TV show. Like I said before, it reminds me of Pretty Little Liars in some ways, so I feel like it would make such a good teen drama. Emma asks Gideon if he wants to help her with um, a stakeout to find out who the Queen of Hearts is. So basically... They look at the locker and they're waiting and there's a girl who shows up and she's crying and M realizes that this isn't the queen of hearts. And I was like, yeah, of course it's not, but it's okay. 
They do a few more jobs, but nothing too wild to note on. Honestly, the jobs um, for this like don't seem that bad, except for the fact that they like paralyzed M's sister. That's the only thing that you're like, that is truly unforgivable. That's horrible. But everything else is like becoming homecoming queen, breaking up a couple, getting someone to ask someone else to, else to the dance. Yeah, it's honestly, it's not super bad. I mean, I guess in the realm of high school, it is. I, I'm not going to pretend that like breaking up a couple isn't, is like the nice thing to do, you know? Uh, it's clearly a little like mean girl, right? M is definitely starting to like the thrill of doing all of these things. She's a funny character though. She keeps thinking of herself as being a bad person, but I don't actually get the impression that she is a bad person. She is extremely dramatic though, which I found to be kind of endearing. But I think I can see how a lot of adults reading this might be a little bit annoyed by it because it's not made for us, right? It's not made for us and teens are a little bit dramatic and this would resonate with a teen, I think. So if you're reading something like this and that like drama is bothering you, it's because it's not made for you. Okay, here's an example of her being dramatic. I had the odd sense that she reminded me of the person I could have been if my life didn't revolve around revenge. So much drama. I'm here for it though. It's, it's cute. I enjoy it. <laughs> M does a job that involves showing her sister's ex a photo of uh, the two of them together out for coffee. And he tells him that she will show his fiance if he doesn't make a call to the school's drama teacher to get someone the lead role in a play. See, it's shitty to go about this in this way of like blackmailing someone but also the thing that you're asking him to do isn't even that big of a deal, which is why I feel like it's weird. I don't know why they wouldn't just call on him and be like, hey, we want you to make this call. And if you won't do it, then blackmail him. They, I mean, like they're clearly teens. They are not very good at this whole thing at times. <laughs> I mean, it seems to be working out for them, but they don't seem to be very good at it. They didn't really need to blackmail this guy. But also, like, if you're going on, like, secret, um, like, coffee dates with your ex-girlfriend when you're engaged, do you have the moral high ground here? Like, probably not. However, you know, like, don't blackmail people, especially if you don't need to. You're telling me that this guy wouldn't just, like, call the, like, teacher and be like, hey, can this person get the lead? I don't know. It just doesn't seem... Whatever. It's... I'm, I'm nitpicking. It's a fine... <laughs> so this girl Gretchen comes and talks to M after the job is done. Gretchen's trying to figure out more about the red court. She is in the red court and she's just really interested about how it works. And she's really interested in the red queen. And I think that she kind of wants to become the red queen after um, the red queen's time at the school is done. Chase asks M to go out for coffee. And she says, yes, even though she knows that they could get in trouble Haley calls M for a meeting and is mad that she's going for coffee with Chase, but M talks her way out of it and says that he will probably lose interest and that if she keeps turning him down, it's only going to egg him on more. But she, like Haley is like, listen, that oh, that's fine, but be careful. Um, and she says that they got a, like asked for a favor to take M down. They couldn't do it, obviously, but she tells her to be careful. Then M learns that her next job will have to be a takedown on Gideon. 
Her sister helps her figure out that she doesn't have to do it. M realizes that it was Gideon's ex who was the one who put the hit out. So she basically goes, talks to him and gets him to take back his request. Chase and M go for coffee, but she runs into Gideon's ex on the way, which is when they have this like whole conversation. So she goes to go and talk with Matthew and basically just convinces him to take the hit back. Haley leaves a card for M saying that she needs to call her. And she gets a letter saying to stay away from Chase. So obviously, Em and Chase kiss. And I was like, duh, of course I knew this was going to happen. But obviously, it's going to make things so much worse for Em. Well, maybe not worse, but just like harder for her. Em and Chase go on a double date with Gideon and this guy named Damien, who Gideon is dating. Em feels like she is using her powers for good now. So she thinks like maybe the red court could be like used for good if like she was the one who takes over as queen of hearts, which I had some serious doubts about, but I understand that it's like the character is falling further and further into this world and she's finding it exciting and she's trying to find a way to, I guess, stay a part of it and keep it going. Haley is upset that M was able to get the favor taken back. She's like, this isn't how this works. But M is able to talk her way out of the problem again, and she just gets on probation. M is really, really good at talking her way out of things. Anytime there's some sort of a conflict, she seems to be able to just really talk her way out of it for the most part. Their next job is a takedown on Gigi's mom, who is a teacher at the school. It's someone's big request, and that's the only reason they're going to do it, because normally they don't do hits on the faculty. We learn that she's having an affair, and they find proof and use it against her. Basically, they go and they get a picture of the two teachers kissing on school property. Honestly, it's pretty shitty to get someone fired from their job, and it's it's shit but it's also hard for me to feel bad for this woman because she is cheating on her husband at the school with another teacher which is pretty gross behavior like go and do it somewhere else I mean don't cheat on your partners at all but if you're going to like do not do it at a school where you work that is fucking weird I think her kid Gigi who is M's friend is the one that I feel bad for in this situation that would be horrible your family being pulled apart, first of all, like your parents getting divorced and a cheating scandal is already hard enough as a kid to like learn how to deal with. And then it happening in a super public way at your school where your mom is a teacher and it's another teacher, that would be mortifying. That would be absolutely mortifying. M gets another threatening letter telling her to stay away from Chase. The photo that they had gathered of the two teachers is emailed to everyone at the school. M had asked Haley to wait a day so that she could, um, I guess, help Gigi beforehand or like try and make it a little bit of a better situation. And Haley had promised that she would. But Haley says that the Queen of Hearts sent it out anyways before, before she could stop her. And we get the sense that Haley does feel really bad and that she was genuine in her promise to M in the first place. Gideon is mad at M for having any part in this scandal and that I guess she had spoken to 
um, Matthew. He heard from Matthew everything that kind of happened. And he, I guess Matthew said that she threatened him, which I didn't really get that vibe when they were having the conversation. But I guess there were some things that maybe might have been insinuations of threat, I guess, from a certain perspective. But I didn't really get that when I was originally thinking it. So M confesses to him that she likes being in the red court. She tells him that she wants to take over the red court because what if they could do only jobs for a good reason? And he says that as long as there is the red court and she's in it, that they won't be friends anymore. I kind of figured Chase would be next after this. M comes around to realize that the red court is toxic. Like, even if they're only taking down people who deserve it, in quotations, like people who do bad things, um, there's always going to be someone who is innocent, who is, like, you know, impacted by it. Kind of like how Gigi was completely innocent in that situation and then was completely impacted by it in a really hard way. Because, yeah, we don't really feel bad for the cheating mom, but Gigi doesn't deserve to have you know, that kind of a rumor circulating about her mom at her school and like a really private moment of her family being circulated in that way. Em tells Chase that she's a part of the Red Court. She tells him about the photo and she's basically just pushing him away. It's so frustrating because like if she told him the truth, he wouldn't think she's a bad person. I think that this could have been done a bit better. I knew that at some point Chase was going to be turned against her, and I just think that that could have been done in a much better way. I think that he should have found out about the photo that that had been taken, and he maybe didn't have all of the information about that photo, and that eventually he will find out the truth and then understand the situation better and understand why she joined the red court. I think that this could have been a much better like miscommunication moment where he's like, you're not the person who I thought you were. And instead of her just like telling him all of this kind of half truth in order to push him away, it just seemed a little bit weird to me. It was part of the book that I was a little bit more frustrated with. M finds out that Haley is the Red Queen. She overhears it in a conversation. This was another thing. I do kind of wish that she'd done a little bit more sleuthing to figure out who the Red Queen was. M wants to figure out who all of the Red Court members are because that's the only way she can take everyone down at once is by knowing who they all are and targeting them all. She thinks that Haley must have all of the numbers for all of the people in her burner phone. So she gets two tickets to an art gallery and she invites her as a peace offering because Haley's really into art. So this is like a really cool special event that her mom's like company, I guess, puts on events. So she is able to get her tickets. M gets her bag alone and gets out the phone and she sees a series of initials. She takes photos of these initials and the phone numbers associated with them along with taking some pictures of some text messages that are in Haley's phone. She uses her yearbook to figure out who the girls are and then goes on Instagram and finds information about each of the girls. I'm glad that even though she didn't figure out um, Haley being the Red Queen through sleuthing, that she gets to do some kind of sleuthing. Um, I think that that was necessary and interesting, right? Like the whole element of social media being involved in these like teen dramas, similar to, you know, Gossip Girl and Pretty Little Liars. I think that this book needed a little bit more of that element and I'm glad that we got it here. 
Haley basically comes over to give Ember a present to say thank you for taking her to the art gallery, and her mom lets her into Em's room without Em being there yet. So basically, Haley is in Ember's room, and Em is like running up, like, no, oh no. Because there's a corkboard with all of the information she's collected on the red court, so Haley ends up seeing it. Ember admits that she's trying to take down the red court. She tells her that she's doing it because of what they did to her sister. Her sister April comes to the door and Haley says that they were involved in her accident, but that they weren't the ones who hurt April. April was in the red court and she was doing a hit when it happened. I did not see that coming. I must say, I did not see that coming. (laughs) I really thought that they were the ones who did it. And I feel silly. Ember goes for a walk and she sees a house party that one of the kids from school is having and she goes in and Gideon is there. She tells him everything that she learned and they make up. Then she uses her phone and she texts all of the numbers for any of the girls in the red court and tells them that they're having a meeting. She speaks with her sister who apologizes and explains things to her and they make up as well. As Em is going to see the red court, Chase comes and talks to her and apologizes to her. Gideon had told him what Em was trying to do by taking down the red court all along, so that kind of smooths things over between the two of them. In the meeting of the red court, basically, she tells them the red court is over. She shows them files with all of the information that she has on each one of them, and then she pulls up a video of a group of kids who she met with earlier in the day, and basically, it's people who are all friends with or related to the girls in the red court in some way. And she says that she will tell all of them about their involvement in the red court and uses examples of the red court hurting their friends and family. And she's basically like, I don't think these people will be very happy with you if they know about like your involvement in hurting them in some kind of a way. Haley admits that one of the girls named Shauna is the one who was, I guess, trying to mess with Ember. Um, because she has a crush on Chase. This is the girl who's been leaving Ember notes. Haley says that she's out and she doesn't want the red court anymore. The others, a bunch of them leave and they realize that the members are kind of turning on each other. So they're like, we don't really trust this situation anymore. We're going to get out of here. There's only a few people left. Ember pulls out a folder that she has on information on herself. She says that somebody else has every single one of these folders. And if that person hasn't heard from her by a certain time, they're going to be handed over to the school and that everybody is going to get in trouble. The rest of them give back their phones and decide to leave the red court as well. But the only person who is really left is Shauna. She gives back her phone, but she basically is like, I'm going to get back at you. You better watch out. Haley and Ember talk, and at the end, it seems like they're going to leave on a note of friendship. There's an epilogue, and everything between Gideon and her is back to normal, and she's dating Chase. Her and Haley have been texting back and forth and they're like more friends. She says that they're sending more longer form text messages with more substantial information every time they kind of text each other. Then she goes to look in her locker and she finds a card with the queen of spades on it. On the back, it says, red court is dead. Long live the black court. 
damn. There's no second book yet. And I was really hoping that one might be out, but there isn't. This book did only come out in 2020. So it's not off the table that another one could be in the making. I really hope there is. I did a Google search and I didn't see any information on it, but that's still really not a lot of time. So hopefully one does come out eventually. I'm going to keep an eye out for it. Final thoughts. I really enjoyed this book. It was a quick and light YA book. I read the entire thing in one day and it didn't take me very long. Obviously, there's some silly things about this book, but honestly, if you just take the book at face value, it is so much fun to read. I probably would read this book again, and I, like I said, I hope there's a second book. That's all I have to say on this book, and that's all I have to say for this week. So if you have any thoughts, comments, concerns, or feelings, you can email me at cauldroncakesandwine at gmail.com, or you can find me on Instagram, and I will reply there. Those are the two best places to contact me. If you want to find us on social media, the best way to do that is to go to our website, cauldroncakesandwine.com. We have all of our social media linked there. And as I mentioned before, go and check out our playlists and mixed drinks on each of the series that I've read. I hope that you guys have a wonderful day, afternoon, or evening. Bye!